Welcome to the Art of Conversation. I'm Cam Roberts. This is now part two of my conversation with Casey Easton. In this half of the episode, we dive into our experiences in Arizona. We dive into what AI is. We dive into consciousness. We dive into social media. We talk about a ton on this episode. And I'm just so stoked for you guys to hear it. And again, just so appreciative of Casey coming on. As always, Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. The ratings just keep going up and it's just, it's amazing. I, I seriously cannot thank you guys enough and stress how amazing it is to have you guys listening to this and to be a part of this journey. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow the show's Instagram at art.convo. You can also follow my personal Instagram at Cam Roberts, which is C-A-M-R-O-B-R-T-S. And uh, without further ado, here is Casey Easton. Talk soon. summarize your life in the past two years no i'm just kidding but no like i wanted to I'm, <laughs> in my heart my heart rate just jumped <laughs> like, <laughs> i want you to summarize everything no because like i'm curious to see if we had the same intentions when we moved to arizona because like we both moved roughly at the same time and then we moved back <laughs> roughly at the same time yeah, and, like i want to just i know it is insane and so i wanted to just see in brief like what your thought process was moving to Arizona and then where it was when you came back and then like where you're at now. And then we can kind of tie in like, um, the, the listeners don't know, but I know, but then we could tie in like coding and then like your teaching. And then we could talk a little about, you know, AI and stuff. Cause that kind of goes in with coding, but like, where was your thought process when you moved to Arizona? Like, you know, if like dead, like what were you thinking? And I'm just curious to see if we were in the same boat. Cause like I definitely had, intentions but yeah yeah for sure so um i i think if i had to summarize it in one sentence it would be that i was wanting to change okay um but then the like you know the several layers to that is at the time i was working at starbucks mm -hmm. and um and so i was taking advantage of their uh their uh starbucks as a college program through asu where basically as long as you work like 20 hours a week um they completely pay for your tuition god um, it's a great concept. Yeah, it, it uh, definitely like pros and cons. Well, yeah, maybe that's like very privileged to say, uh, but I mean, it, it you know there. So the, the uh, uh, I, I ended up uh, leaving Starbucks, which which was not in, entirely, um, I guess, like a part of the huge plan. I think right. it, it, it's just a decision that I made. But um, but anyways, before I get into that, um, so so I, I was uh, at the time, you know. Uh, um, taking classes at ASU through, yeah. through Starbucks <clears throat> right. on, online. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, ASU is in Arizona. So yeah. that was kind of uh, a, a draw to, so I, I, I think it's like the decision started as, okay, I, I, I want to move. I want to change. Right. And then the decision became, it's like, okay, wh where am I going to move? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so another huge, anchor that I had in Arizona that was drawing me towards it was, uh, I have a lot of extended family there. Like a yeah, lot of, a lot I remember of, you. Okay. A lot of cousins that I'm, uh, very close to, uh, and specifically like a couple of, uh, like little cousins that are, are growing right. up. And, um, uh, my, my older sister used to live in Arizona and, um, 
And kind of from observing her, I saw how much value she kind of got from like being very close, close to them. Right. Yeah. It's like she was able to, um, you know, spend a lot of time with them and, and, and like really grow these relationships with right. them that are um, just very difficult to do uh, uh, when you only see each other like once or twice Christmas. a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, so my little cousins were growing up and, and also I kind of in my head, even my extended family would joke, like, when are you going to move here? You know? Um, and, and so in my head, I kind of always had it as like, yeah, like that's something I'll do in the future. Right. At some point in time, I'll live in Arizona for, for, you know, uh, some, you know, amount of time, um, to, to kind of, uh, experience that, you know, to kind of like foster those relationships with, uh, with that side of my family, um, you know, b- be able to be there while my like little cousins are growing up because, right. uh, you know, by the time, you know, by the time that, uh, uh, you know, those like younger members of your family, uh, um, get to like a certain age, they don't mm-hmm. want anything to do with you. you no, know? they don't. When they get to like, <laughs> especially when they get to like high school, it's right. like, I don't want to hang out with my, you know, my cousin. Right? No, they want to like go do their, you know, their thing. So, right. so it's kind of like a, like a small window of time, right. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you actually get to, you know, make memories with them and like be there for, um, important events and different stuff like that. Right. Um, and, and to a lot of people that might sound kind of really weird. Cause like, I know a lot of people aren't very close with their cousins and I, I, I I have a lot of cousins that I'm definitely not very close with. And so I think that's, that's probably more, uh, more rare, but this side of my family, I, I, I just am, you know, very close with where it's like, you know, my, uh, it's like my, uh, little cousins are, are like not quite, you know, sibling, uh, uh, but almost like little siblings. Right. right so yeah. it's like, um, and so, so anyways, that, that, that was a, uh, a pull to Arizona as well. So it was like a combination of wanting to change. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ASU. So, you know, that's in Arizona. Yep. So there's just like a few anchors there where, when I was deciding where to move, it, uh, it, it kind of made sense. So, um, that was a big reason for my, for my move. Um, but also let's see, I, I, cause I'm, now I'm trying to think deeper into like why I feel like I needed a change. Um, and I think it was mainly because I, I, I want, so I, at the time I was living with my parents, and I, I wanted to move out because I kind of had a sense of, um, I guess, like shame, you know, around that where it's like, yeah, okay, you yeah. know, uh, I need to like, I need to like grow up, move out on my right. own, and like start, start a life, you know. So mm-hmm. that, I think that was uh, a big like underlying kind of almost unconscious reason for uh, uh, really desiring that like that big change. Right. Um and so, so yeah, kind of a combination of, of all that was, is, uh, why I moved. No, that's sweet. I, I do. There is something to be said about family. Like there is something like it, it's nice when you live with, not like live with family, but when you have family in state, like I, that's one of the biggest driving forces, like to my parents. That's why my mom came to Colorado is because my grandparents were here. And like, it's, there's something cool about living with and your family and so, like, I kind of had that same notion moving to Arizona because, like, my dad wants to move to Arizona. And at the time, my mom was even contemplating, like, maybe we should move to Arizona. Like, it's, it was a weird, like, we're all going to Arizona. And so, like, deep down, I was like, okay, perfect. If I make the transition to Arizona, 
everyone else will come with me and we'll just live happily ever after. Not only like in mostly because like Arizona was affordable, like you can get a studio apartment for $800 a month. Or whereas, so we thought. Uh-huh. I said, or so we thought. Yeah, or so we thought. Yeah, exactly. Until you move to Phoenix. And then it's like, oh, but like Tucson. No, but like that was one of the biggest things for me is I could afford it at the time. Like I still can't afford an apartment out here right now, which is sad to say, because it's like it's ridiculous. You get the same amount of square footage out here, like 900 square feet. And they're asking $1,800, but then you go down to Tucson, Arizona, and you get 900 square feet for $800 a month. And it was just like, okay, I can do that. And then I was on the same page as you as I wanted to change so bad that like I wanted to really break out of my comfort zone and do it. And so the act of me going out there and doing it actually gave me this like weird boast of confidence that I was like, oh my God, like I completely left my friends, I completely left my family, just out on a whim, moved to Tucson, Arizona had a great time. And then I think subconsciously I took that boast of confidence and realized like, I think I ran away from my problems. Like I wasn't doing super great with music. Like I, I wasn't doing great with myself. Like I just wasn't putting myself out there. And not only that, like I didn't know what I was doing with college. And so the U of A, it looked so attractive. Like I love to look at that campus when I visited it. I just love that it was in the small little college town. I was like, okay, this is cool. There's a bunch of young people here. Like I can go out and like branch out. I decided to do a major that like I had like 20% interest in. And like, I was just fascinated. I liked mostly the thing that attracted me to the degree I was going for was the pay, but I was like, this is kind of cool. And so like I ended up doing it, but then yeah, once I got out there, I subconsciously realized like I didn't really need to do this. Like I could have done what I came out here to do in Colorado. And so I moved back. And like one of the biggest things that drew me back to Colorado is I read, I don't remember where I read it. I don't remember if it was a book or if it was a quote, but it was like, if you want to find yourself, go to the desert. And like, to me that like, it's really symbolic because like the desert, I mean, granted now there's stuff, but the desert, there's nothing you go there. Like, it's just really hot. It's plain. There's no water. It's, it makes sense to me that if you really want to find yourself, you go to the desert because you force yourself to make mountains out of sand. So it's like, okay, I understand that now, but like, yeah, it's funny that we both had like family. Dune. Huh? Like Dune. Ex- I mean, exactly <laughs> like Dune. you go to it's like you start, especially if you drive on the I 10 from Tucson to Phoenix, you're like, dear God, I am in Arrakis. There's literally nothing. It's me in the road and sand. Yeah. And then a couple farms, but like, yeah, that is interesting. We both went for change and we both went like sub like for family. You went more for family. And then like I just had family in the back of my mind. Like everyone's going to be coming out here in a couple of years. So, like why not start the transition? But then when I got out there, my dad's like, I don't know if I'm going to move to Arizona. And then my mom definitely lost interest when she came and visited over the summer. She's like, I don't know if I can live out here. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's kind of hot. <laughs> 113's kind of hot uh, every day. Yeah, I was just reminded that um, that's funny is that I, I had a very similar thought process at the time too um, related to like affordability. Yeah. So I remember I was, you know, I was I was looking to move out and I just couldn't find anywhere in, in well, I shouldn't say anywhere in Colorado, like um, anywhere within, you know, uh, like 50 miles of me, right? right? Um, or 50 miles of Denver, let's say, um, that was, uh, was like what I was would be able to afford right and uh so i had in my head that arizona was like way cheaper right (laughs) 
and I, and I think at, at a certain time it was, but, um, I, I think the, uh, so I, I don't know if, I don't know if I've told you this, but I, um, used to be in uh, real estate. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I vaguely remember very, that. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. This was, you know, 20, like 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I got my real estate license here. And, um, so I, I was like really, you know, interested in, in that at the time. And, um, and so like just with, you know, with that knowledge that's carried over the, the, the housing market, um, from, you know, from COVID that huge like boom, right. um, uh, had a, had a, uh, very significant impact. Uh, Arizona was one of the places that it, uh, was really hit the hardest, like it positively. Right. Yeah. Where the, um, if you look at like the growth rates of what the average home, you know, price was, uh, you know, pre COVID to, to post COVID. Right. I was just huge. And so, um, and so I think that was a, that was a major change that, that kind of shifted it from, you know, maybe in 20, 17 2018 mm-hmm. being a lot more affordable in Colorado to now being um almost comparable right yeah um but uh but yeah so that was a big reason I I moved out there too it's like oh yeah I'll be able to like you know get a job <laughs> and and easily you know find a place to to rent and stuff like that right um and 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 that was a uh, also a big kind of factor of now like getting into moving back mm-hmm. right it's like why did I move back and the reason I moved back is because I, I, you know, looked around. And it's like, okay, this is this is just as bad, right? Me, almost as uh, as Colorado, right? And um, and and then the second reason is I I think I kind of satisfied that uh, desire to like have that time with my family. Mm-hmm. I was kind of feeling like, okay, I think that was like that was a good amount of time, and you know, built those. Uh, or like, or, or reinforce those relationships. Right. And, uh, and kind of felt like, um, that, that itch kind of got, you know, scratched. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the third major reason was that I, I just didn't like Arizona, you know, it's right. like there, there wasn't, there wasn't enough keeping me there right. to, to stay and uh, so, you know, one of those anchors that kind of um, disappeared was uh, I was thinking that, okay, I'm going to ASU online um, and then I can, uh, uh, you know, like move, mm-hmm. continue working at Starbucks and uh, and then start going to ASU on campus. But it turns out that uh, Starbucks only sponsors your tuition for ASU online. <laughs> So I was like, it's so wild to me, but I mean, I guess it makes sense because they want you at Starbucks as much as possible. Right. I mean, that'd be the way I would see it. I don't know. Um, right wrong. And so I was like, okay, well, so I, I, I can't even go to ASU, um, on campus anyways. Right. And, um, and I, I didn't want to pay for ASU because, uh, like the whole reason I was going to ASU is because of, um, because of Starbucks. But yeah. Like if I, you know, uh, ASU for out of state, which the whole, I, I learned about the whole process to get in state, which is just like, it, it's basically, imp- it would have been a, it, almost impossible for me. Um, which I won't get into like the, the nitty gritty of it, but, uh, basically, yeah, like there's no way I was going to get in state tuition. Um, and, and if somehow I did, I would have had to take off so much time from right. school and, uh, and, um, 
so the the out of state tuition was I think about like one thousand per per credit. Yeah, and uh, and I need one hundred twenty credits to graduate. So it's like okay, you know, uh, one hundred twenty thousand. That's like I mean, you know, definitely cheaper than like two hundred fifty thousand. But it's right. like, okay, if I'm gonna be spending that money, I wanna I wanna like pick a school that I really uh, you know chose because of either like a program that it has or, or, or something about right, it. Right, exactly. Not something that I just kind of like fell into. Because mm-hmm. and, and that's how I've always thought about college is like I think a lot of people, um, uh, and understandably so, graduate high school and next step is college. Yeah. Um, and it's like the price is the price. doesn't really matter, right, because it's, it's, it's debt. Right. Every, you know, everyone takes it on. It's not that big of a deal, even though it's a huge deal. Right. Um. And so I, it's just like this very automatic kind of uh, transition and decision. But I've, I, for my whole life, I've always um, kind of naturally, just the way that I look at the world is through like cost analysis. And, right. And, you know, I, I it, it's impossible for me to I- ignore that. And so, you know, when I graduated high school, I was like looking at the price of tuition and I was thinking, you know, if as an individual, like if I'm running my life as a business, right, um, if I'm going to make an investment of $250,000 or we'll, we'll say between $100,000 and $250,000, um, I want to be, a hun- I want to be, you know, as certain as I can be that that's going to pay off. Yeah. And, and as certain as I can be that I need to spend that money, you know, and so I... So that's where kind of my reservations um, for for going to college just kind of like right out of the out of the gate uh, mm-hmm. came from, um, and and you know for uh, listeners I haven't really filled in this background but like I don't have my bachelor's degree um, and I dropped out of uh, college the first time I guess um, in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was a uh, little bit of background. I was going to University of Washington in Seattle and um, I was there for, I think I was there for like less than a semester. Um, and during, I think, you know, through high school, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, oh, I'm not sure if I uh, want to go to college. And it, and it wasn't like, Oh, I don't think there's value in college. It wasn't that. It it was those reservations of like, okay, this is how much it's going to cost, and um, you know, like is is that amount of money, um, and and time and effort, like, is, am I spending that in the best way that I can? Right. Um, and so it was more hesitance than like, oh yeah, there's no value in college. I, I think I've always understood the value in 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 college, obviously. Um. But uh, so I was I was at UW and uh, throughout high school I kind of always had those thoughts. But then you know when you're a senior you kind of just like go through that process, right? You know, it's just like everyone else is doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like drugs, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so uh, so I you know and I loved Seattle. I was very right. excited to go to University of Washington. I was there. I I, I love I loved it. Um, a lot of people have asked me like, oh, did you drop out because you just like hated college? It's like no, that was probably the best like you know, month or two of my life. Um, I mean, I, not, now that I'm a lot older, I don't, I don't know if, I, I don't know if I would 
if I would say that because I've had like a lot of really good um, times. But it was definitely a I, I definitely loved it, and I've always loved learning and 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 all that stuff. Um, but those those nagging questions, I just I I couldn't like look look away from right or, or, or ignore. It's like okay, this is how much this is gonna cost me. A- am I a hundred percent sure that um, this is like the right investment? And that this investment is is necessary, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, so, anyways, so just a little bit of background for kind of all the things that we've we've talked about. But um, so for leaving Arizona, it was like okay, can't even go to ASU um, on campus, paid for, and not necessarily the school that I'd want to like spend all this money going right, to. Exactly. Um, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I, I I think Arizona is nice to like visit you know right. I, it, it is beautiful and there are a lot of places in arizona that i really love but just uh uh you know for listeners i'm like super pale and stuff and, and <laughs> I, i'm just like i'm just like i'm not built for the desert right you know? <laughs> um and so uh i'm also like a big weather and seasons guy oh I, yep that's I, one of the drivers yep same i love that's why i love colorado right like, i love the thunderstorms i love yes. snow i love yeah, yeah. you know i love like I remember when I spent uh, uh, Christmas in in Arizona, it it just felt like any. I didn't even get that feeling that it was like approaching because there's it, it's, it's like limbo, right? yeah, right, um, or purgatory where there's there's no change. Every day is just like hot, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's the same every single day. And so I remember like Dece- uh, it was like December first, and I'm like. Like it's wait a minute. Yeah, it's December first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm just a person that really, um, kind of I, I get a lot of like uh, joy from right. you know like from the seasons and from weather and all that stuff, um, wh- which is definitely something that I learned uh, uh, about myself. Yeah, you know, I I I think beforehand I knew like oh yeah like that's something that I like, but I didn't know that you know now when I look. Uh, like as I go through my life and I decide on places that I want to live right now, I know that's like, okay, that is something that I need. Yeah. So I definitely felt it in Arizona. I felt it like kind of sap, you know, excitement and like happiness from me. Right. For sure. So anyways, um, th- uh, those were kind of the, the major re- reasons that I ended up leaving. No, that's sweet. I, it's so funny that we kind of had the same realization and like, I remember when I was first looking in Arizona, I was so hype on that Starbucks thing that I was like so tempted to just do that because I was like, that's such a gateway. Like, that's so perfect. But then you told me all about that. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't think that's going to be it. And um, yeah, no, Arizona was I still think there is something really true to that statement of if you want to find yourself, go to the desert, because I think we subconsciously did. I don't know where I wish I really wish I remember where I found that because it was just like on the whim. I just, I don't remember, I don't remember. It wasn't a book. It just popped up somewhere just randomly. And I was like, that has to mean something. And it did. Because then I, I, we kind of, or at least I did. I found where I need to be and like what I want to do. And then I came back to Colorado and I feel like I'm doing a decent job of getting to that point. And I think you have too. And then, uh, yeah. And so then you found coding, right? We'll just kind of, we'll just kind of get to that. You were, you're into like coding and you're teaching coding. And so I, I kind of want to hear a little bit about that. And then from coding, I want to talk a little bit about AI. But what have you what have you found about coding? Like, does coding translate at all to human nature, like how humans interact? Like, or is coding its like own weird thing that we've 
morphed into like its own weird thing, if that makes any sense. Like, is there hmm. any like connections between how humans are built and wired to how we code things? Or did we fall away from human nature and now coding and like AI and everything is its own thing? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great question. Um, so I'll answer your question first and then I'll, I'll get into kind of like my path um, yeah. uh, a little bit uh, or right after that. So to answer your question, I would say, I would say that coding, coding is the human part of our relationship with computers. Okay. So, um, you know, it, it, you know, people call it like a coding language because it, it really is a language. Right. right so just, it is. Uh, I mean, it, there, there are definitely differences between learning something like, you know, Spanish or Italian or something like that. Yeah. But there's yeah, yeah, yeah. also a lot of uh, similarities. You know, right. you are, you are learning this, uh, this whole new, new language. Um, and, you know, just like, you know, we, you know, learn Spanish or Italian or Japanese to then be able to communicate, you know, that's why we, uh, uh, learn to code and that's why we developed coding right is because we needed a way to talk to our uh to our computers yeah right and um you know now uh that that interface has uh evolved where it's like when computers were first around that was the only way to communicate you right could only communicate through through what i guess what would be considered coding um, but then, you know, very smart people then use coding to build an infrastructure to build uh, a user interface mm -hmm. where now, um, you know, you didn't need to uh, know how to speak com or computer. You could <laughs> uh, speak something closer uh, to, to human. Right. Right. So now if we like kind of take that that thought and, and move it all the way to like present day. Right. It's like the you know, the way that our phones get coded. Um, is for us to be able to speak with our or communicate to our phone right. uh, very effectively and efficiently, and so I don't like I don't need to know how to code in order to text someone on my phone, right? Because because um, someone did all of that work up front for me, yeah. So um, so you know, even with that, it's like I, I can't even think of a good comparison to um, something like. Uh, uh, like Spanish or Japanese um, or English, where it, it's like it it it's interesting because coding is both a language; it's how we communicate, but it's also how we build. Hmm. And so, um, so it it's like if in you know reality we could speak things like into existence, right? I could just be like, you know, if I wanted to build a house, I could do it through communicating, right? Which we right. can't. And so th I think that's the major difference with coding is that it's not only how we um, communicate with our technology, and yeah. our computers, but it's also how we build with them. Hmm. And so, um, you know, lines of code are, are building blocks for, right. um, you know, I'll, I'll call it like the virtual world, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, the inside of your computer your files and, and all that stuff. It's like all of that is, uh, is code that, you know, was built up from ones and zeros. Right. Like every coding language, if you trace it back to, and, and so, um, I don't know how much you know about the history of coding languages, languages. And even I, I don't know as much as I probably should, but like, um, every coding language is, is basically built, uh, or I shouldn't say every, 
majority of coding languages are built off of um, previously existing ones. Hmm. And that kind of um, goes all the way back to like ones and zeros. Right. Right. Um, and so, you know, like Python was built from uh, C++ if I, if uh, I, I'm, I'm 99% sure that's true. But, um, and so kind of thinking about that, it's very similar with like our user interface is that someone used um, a coding language, C++, to, um, you know, let's say if we think about like a puzzle, mm-hmm. right? It's like people um, like glued puzzle pieces together. <laughs> it's like very not true or like very simplistic on like how actually uh, new coding languages get right. Written. But it's like, you know, something that maybe in C++ would take four lines of code. Someone wrote a, uh, a program or it's so someone built a building, a building block that um, allows you to write um, for to to accomplish that same objective. Right. You only need one line of mm. Python code. Okay. And so as coding as coding has evolved, it, the the aim is to get more and more uh, efficient. Right. So um, you know, you know, so so like way back in the day with languages like um, Fortran and. Um, um, I'm trying to think of like old coding languages. Um, basic is one of them, but that's actually not uh, super common. Um, yeah, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Anyways, old, older coding languages. Right. Um, oh, Cobalt. Cobalt's one of them, which a lot, fun fact, a lot of banks still run on Cobalt, which is like... Hmm. Huge issue. Interesting. Um, okay. And same with uh, airlines. I don't know if airlines run specifically on Cobalt, but like a lot of the airline systems are still built on very old code. That's interesting. And so, um, and so, like when when there are uh, like if you see on the news, like I don't know, Southwest has some like shutdown. It's because like something went wrong with that code, and they like they can't figure it out. So it's like it, it it's it's <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Yeah, it's, 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 we, <laughs> you don't want all of your major very important systems, you know, built off of like old code. Right. Um, but, uh, and so that's kind of like the evolution history of coding languages. And so to bring it back to your question, um, I would say that coding is, is, is very human because it's, it's, it's the human side of the coin or it's the human piece of, um, our relationship hmm. with computers. And so to a certain extent, um, right, it's like uh, com- computers understand in ones and zeros. So it's like, you know, uh, we've, we've evolved our, our communication, human communication with computers from ones and zeros. But computers still, they, they you know, when I write like a, lo- a line of code in, in Python, they they don't know what that line of code means. I mean they they do, but they they trace it back to ones and zeros. Right. So they you know they they don't understand, uh, you know, English words. Yeah. Like, um, you know, but, uh, I mean they do. They 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 derive they derive meaning. You know from mm-hmm. uh. So just like we you know we understand coding. Uh. I guess coding is like the bridge 
trying hmm. to bridge the gap between computers only understanding um, or like their baseline of understanding is ones and zeros. Right. And then our baseline of understanding is is whatever our our um, preferred form of communication is. And so like a lot a lot of coding languages are written in English. Yeah. Um, and so uh, and so it's like we're trying to uh, get everything as close to English as possible to make it as easy to understand on us. Hmm. And then computers, um, but we have to trace it all the way back to, you know, ones and zeros. Right. right? Um, or else the computer will, will not understand like what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so, uh, um, I would say that, uh, so I, I hope that answered your question. I think, I think I hit every piece of it, but yeah, co- I would say coding is our, is the, uh, human, uh, piece of our relationship with, uh, computers. And, um, and so, you know, in, in a, in a way, as time goes on, we try and make that more human. We try right. and get that closer to English or closer to whatever language we're speaking to make it easy. You know, ideally, I'd be able to tell my computer, like, um, it's funny because even the way that like I think in coding, you have to think that way because uh, that's how the computer understands. But yeah, like, um, I don't know, uh, uh, write. Or, or create a an app that uh it, like a that is a timer, right? If I could just like, you know, just like you type in Google. If I could just like type that in, like create an app that's that's uh, is a timer, right? And it just could understand what I am saying. That's the goal, right? Hmm. Which is, we've gotten really close to that with with things like ChatGPT. Yeah. Chat, which uh, ChatGPT is is even though people might think like, oh, that's how I talk to ChatGPT. I just like communicate to it in pure English. That's true. But the, the, um, function of ChatGPT is, is limited, right? ChatGPT mm-hmm. can't, can't create, uh, can't create things. Right. Like it, it, it is, is, uh, I'm trying to think of like a good comparison for what ChatGPT really is. So ChatGPT is a, is a language model, basically meaning that it's, it's whole purpose is understanding language. And through that, you find its uses. For example, if um, I want like the definition of a word, right? It's good for giving me that. Um, if I want it to, um, like something that I use ChatGPT for all the time is like summarizing lectures into notes, right? So it can understand what my professor is saying and then summarize that into notes. But, um, but you know, it, it, it can't uh, create, you know, I can't say like, Hey, ChatGPT, clean um, clean out all my files on my computer. It can't do that, but I can ask it for how to do that, right? So hmm. everything okay. goes back to like language. Yeah. And so people who think that it's like, oh, it's super close to us being able to just like talk effortlessly to our computers is right. Uh, it, it's still pretty it's still pretty far away from that, but we're like we're getting closer and closer. This is the first time in history that we've been able to talk to a computer in in pure English, right? Because right? even though coding is in uh, or a lot of coding languages are in English mm-hmm. um, it's it's uh, it's kind of like broken English right, right. So it's like I, I might uh, like a line of uh, uh, Python code if I want on my um, mod or I want you know my code to read back to me a phrase yeah like what's up cam right mm-hmm. in Python I would I would say the word print parentheses quotation mark what's up cam quotation mark parentheses 
and then and I would hit uh, and then I would have that program run and then it would it would um, print back at me what's up Cam so it's like I'm 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 using English but like you know no one talks like that right, right. no yeah so you're having to speak in a very specific way for the computer to understand so there there is still like a huge gap between um, between us being able to interact effortlessly. And so that's kind of where AI comes in, where, um, which, which I think a lot of people, we, we use AI to cover like a wide range of, uh, of, of meanings. Right. And so true AI means that the computer is thinking like you think, and I can talk to it like I'm talking to you. Which, so that, that's, we're always getting closer to that, but I would still say that, like, that's, that's far away. The reason that people are so up in arms about it is because of how quickly computers learn, is that um, a huge gap to us is not a huge gap to computers. Right. And so, like, for a human to learn algebra, I have to learn what numbers are. I have to learn addition. Yeah. I have to learn you have to learn that right? code. So I have to, I have to, you know, and, and I have to be of a certain age, mm-hmm. um, to, I mean, not every, like everyone can, some people are, are like very gifted and they can learn right. algebra, you know, I don't know, four years old or whatever, if they're like, uh, a genius. Right. Anyways, but we, we, um, we basically have to build on knowledge to yeah. get to that point. And that takes time. So for us, that might take, you know, let's say, people normally learn algebra and like when they're nine or 10, let's say, or 11. Um, so that for us, that takes, you know, nine to 10 years of development and, and then, you know, five years of learning for computers to learn, um, to learn algebra, right. Um, it takes seconds or in, which is not see the, there's a misnomer with the word learn Hmm. because we're, we're really just like telling them. And so computers don't, I mean, they're starting to, you know, it's like, yeah, this is interesting. (laughs) Um, cause now we're getting into like more, more complicated stuff, but yeah, I'll, I'll bring it back to just say that like, when we say that computers learn, it's not um, necessarily or for a long time hasn't been how you and I learn. Um, it, it's it's more so parroting, mm. where it's like we tell it that two plus two is four, and then it remembers that two plus two is four, and then now it can it can tell us that two plus two is four. But mm. it didn't, you know, we we didn't give it eight math textbooks and say right. hey, learn algebra <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're getting closer to that we're getting closer to like you know um so for example for chat gbt i could i could um which you actually you you need to like unlock it or be able to use it in a different sense than how we use it i don't know if you've used it a lot um to write essays for me for school yeah mm-hmm. um for like for different <laughs> prompts right it's like we can't fit all the text in a textbook right. in, a, in a prompt yeah but Let's, let's just say that we could, right? And let's say that we had all the processing power of chat GBT um, at, our, like, at our disposal. So like no one else was using it. We have all of the resources. And we're like, hey, read these eight 
math textbooks that takes you from what is a number to um, what's algebra. And we're getting closer to it being able to read all that and then um, being able to explain to us what algebra is. Hmm. And so the, the question then becomes like, okay, what, is un, what, is, what does it mean to understand something? Right. Um, if, you can, if you can explain what algebra is, do you understand it? Are you asking me? I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of asking rhetorically, but, all, but yeah, I don't know. Wait, what's your answer? I would think so. If you're able to fully like, regurgitate like, what the subject matter is, I would say you have an understanding of it. I don't think anybody can understand everything all at once, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think that you can have a quote-unquote expert on calculus because, like anything, it's always changing. And so like, even the person that claims they're an expert isn't an expert because there's a new addition to calculus that they may not have realized. But if you're able to fully regurgitate the subject, then you understand it. Yeah. And so I like, would, yeah, I would say that, um, uh, yeah, exactly that. And that's how we, that's how we have been defining. That's how we've been able to define learning for right. computers that's at cool. the moment. Okay. And so think, think back to like math mm-hmm. and think back to like, were there times where, um, you just knew, uh, like for example, quadratic formula, right? <laughs> like going all the way back. Yeah. Right? Um, you could give that formula to anyone and they could just like plug the numbers in and get their answer. Yeah. Right. Um, and then there's a whole other level of like, okay, what is the quadratic formula? Like what's going on here? Right. You know? And, um, and so for a long time, um, and that's what I mean by like, parroting right right um is like we've been able to tell computers hey two plus two is four and then they remember that and they tell it right back to us and and that's that has been our requirement of of i guess like or or that's been our definition of understanding okay Hmm. the computer understands that two plus two is four right but so kind of and yeah this is why it kind of gets difficult to like conceptualize but if we think back to like when we were learning math the difference in your understanding of the subject between like, yeah, I know everything that's like going, like I really understand this subject to like, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm just like plugging numbers into equations and getting the right answer. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so for a long time, it's been a lot closer to like, I'm plugging numbers into the equation and getting the right answer. Yeah. Um, and I have like a wicked memory, <laughs> right? Right. But I don't actually, the, so the, the difference between those two things is being able to take in information um, and uh, like break it down and uh, um, store it and then to use it to critically think. So critical thinking really is, so going all full circle back to like, what's the point of education? Um, A computer right, right now, we're getting closer and closer. I would argue that a computer still can't critically think yeah, so I can see that because it doesn't. Some people would argue okay. that it can right now, but it's like, mm-hmm. okay, is it? So, if I'm talking to ChatGPT and I'm like, weigh these two options, and and then it gives me a response. It's gotten that response from pouring over all the information of like the internet, right? Right. And so, and so, in a way one could argue, okay, it's not critically thinking. It's just 
it, it's it's summarizing what a million people have, a million other people critically thinking. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I think this is actually um, uh, even easier to understand with uh, uh, thinking about like art, right? Mm-hmm. So, if we tell like ChatGPT, make a like Picasso painting or whatever, right? Um, it might like look through, which is this is not how uh, it it actually works, but like um, it it's been trained on or it's learned from. Uh, uh, a dad said that's been that's basically a collection of the internet, right? right? The, the, just like in super simple terms, um, and so it's gonna like look throughout the internet, and it finds like eight or twelve or two hundred Picasso paintings, right? However, you know, however many are in that data set, and then it kind of like Frankenstein's its version from from those paintings. Hmm. Is it painting? No. Or is it just copying? It's copying. And when we paint, what are we doing? <laughs> well, <sighs> dang it. <laughs> That's tough because it's like every artist has their has their inspiration. So it's like So true inspiration. That that, that that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. Because like you could I mean if, you could argue that like the painting you just painted came from a thousand of your inspirations, but Subconsciously. Subconscious. Yeah, subconsciously. You're not like the computer is physically looking at that and replicating it. Whereas a human, they have a pre notioned idea of this. Like they, because here's my thing. Humans. So, actually, okay. uh, sorry to interrupt you, <laughs> no, but um, I, uh, let's talk about it in music terms since that's like yeah. relevant, right? So, like when you're creating uh, a song, right? And, like where does that is has the, is that just like your subconscious for the thousands and thousands of songs that you've listened to? No, or is it like true inspiration? Right, because like now music's a little easier because like I don't paint because like well yeah I don't paint because I'm not good at it but music I'm good at and usually when I hear a chord progression or I hear a, like just a melody or like lyrics it's from an emotion I had either right then and there or it's an emotion that built up to then bringing me to this thought and yes it's still my inspirations that like weave like lyrics in but like the true inspiration and idea comes from an emotion that like oh my god like for instance the song that i wrote a couple years ago called pink skies i wrote it about working underneath the pink sky every single morning that was just purely from what i wanted to create that color sonically and so then like when i hear that like you type in chappy gbt like write me a song in the style of nickelback and boom it writes you a style on the song of nickelback because that computer could go back and look at the lyrics, and pro- I don't know if it can access audio, but maybe it hears what it sounds like, but it can see what Nickelback has already written and regurgitates it to its own style, or you could sit down and think like, oh my god, yeah, Chad Kroger would probably write something like that, you know? But like, I if I couldn't sit down and write anything remotely near what Nickelback could write, because like I have my pre-notioned idea of what Nickelback sounds like, and that computer can just directly take, if that makes sense. Because like, when people say like AI has a conscience or like we're getting close to AI having a conscience, I'm just skeptical because like my computer doesn't have emotions. We program it to have emotions. So, so yeah, this, this gets into the philosophy of like, you know, what does it really mean to, to have a conscious and, and yeah. to, uh, to, to learn. Um, and, and it, it, and so it, it gets down to like, okay, um, is there such thing as true inspiration? So like, does your music come from nothing? 
and it comes just like it it, it comes uh yeah like truly from nothing right or are have we just gotten so advanced at copying and it's like this you know soup of like our subconscious of all these things that we've experienced that now create um this new thing right and like okay you know I think we would we would be inclined to say like okay no there there's such thing as true inspiration like right. I can look at a piece of paper let's say I'm I, I draw right I can look at a piece of paper and from nothing I can create something I'm mm. not copying anything right but in our brains like in our subconscious is what I'm about to draw just in a, a, a you know super complex combination of all my experiences. Right. And in some way I'm still copying. Right. I um, see. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, so, so it, and it goes back to the argument. It's like, okay, our, our is AI just getting better and better at copying us mm-hmm. or, um, and is, is that actually the requirement for like true inspiration? Right. Is that it's actually just like the, the, the copying is so complex and subconscious that it feels like true inspiration that it's coming from nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or is it actually like coming from nothing? Right. right. Um, and, and, and so that, that's the, that's the, like, you know, that's a question that we don't have the, the, uh, it's like we we can't study that and reach a scientific right. conclusion. Um, I mean, people would argue that you can, depending on like what side you fall on. But yeah. I think it's it that I'll say that's still up for debate. Um, and so yeah, going all the way back, we use AI to in a way that kind of um, summarizes a lot of um, like AI that exists right now. Um, people would argue doesn't have true consciousness and has just gotten really, really good at, at copying. Right. right. So it's like, like as a kid, when you play house or something like that, mm-hmm. right. And you're Love like it. pretending. Yeah. It's like, okay, what does it mean to pretend? And if like, if every day I wake up and I pretend that I code, I don't know. Right. Yeah. What's the difference between me, between me pretending that I code and me actually coding? Right. Right. And so like, mm-hmm. okay. so it, it's approaching this point where th- it raises the question of like, okay, is it just really good at pretending and copying? Mm-hmm. And, um, is, is being really good at pretending and copying actually just like what we do and what we are? Cause like right. humans, right. Just like a computer. It's like, we go through life. Yeah. We experience those experience experiences um get deposited into like our our storage bank which is like our memories right and so that's how we can accumulate knowledge that's how so it's like you can learn from a school perspective that's also it's like you know um we you know if you think about how like a baby learns to speak Right. right we hear like our parents so like we're not coming up with these words on our own right we're just copying them and, and then, and that's so that, so it's like, okay, is copying learning? 
So, yeah. So, no, so, that's yeah. this is like this just made me think of an idea. And like now I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because like I know I said that like I wrote that chord progression because I wanted to create that color sonically. To me, that idea is the inspiration in its raw form because I had nothing in my mind at all other than just because I was busy doing anything else uncreative. I was raking sand bunkers on a golf course. And I looked up at the sky and I thought, I want to capture the idea of this color and I want to capture the idea of like what I'm working for sonically. But then when I went home and I recorded the chord progression, that's not an original chord progression because like there's only 12 notes in the musical scale. So the chances of somebody using the the same chords I used in my song, hundred percent or a hundred times out of a hundred, those chords have been used verbatim, just with different melodies. That's why music works. And so now I was just thinking, like, true inspiration. Like this is a weird thought I've always had, and whether I'm right or wrong, I have no idea. But it's a weird thought that I've always had. True inspiration to me is like the first of everything. So like for instance, the person that invented the wheel, that's true inspiration. Wheels on a car, that's copying the first wheel. Or like the first person to record music and to have that recorded, that's inspiration. Or like that's that like, that's the original thing. From there on, we've just copied that person. I've always had that this like, it's and I kind of realized that with music, that like since there is only 12 notes and you have to figure out what to do with those 12 notes, everybody's going to come up with that same melody because it's just bound to happen. You sit there and play with a melody, it's going to happen. But like when you have the idea for a song, there's your original thought. But then when you start putting the song together, there's still bits and pieces of things being copied because again, those four chords have been used in another song. You just used a different melody and a different meaning. I've always just like had this weird thought that the original source, that's it. That's the original thing. Boom. There it is. The person that first had the idea to invent the automobile, there it is. Everything else has just been copied. Like the first home. Oh, I need somewhere to live. I'm going to build a shelter. So they built this thing called a home, and now we have millions of copies of what a home is like. So to, this, to the idea that you're saying that like is copying learning, I think, yeah, to a certain – like if, you've, if you can – because that's kind of how I taught myself guitar. I, I bring it back to that. I taught myself guitar by watching Eddie Van Halen play and looking at tablature books of how he wrote his songs. And from there, I taught myself how to play these notes and I learned the scale of the guitar without any help. And then I kind of found my true voice from doing that. It is, it is like now I'm just like starting to trip myself out because it's like the notion of like computers really aren't intelligence is wrong because like they're doing everything I did with learning guitar and like learning music and pretty much learning everything is copying. You have to do the same mathematical formula 10 times in a row to fully understand it. That's copying. You have the same formula, just different numbers. And so like when you're going through life and you're doing all these different things, we're just like kind of copying each other to get our own voice, our own opinion, our own artistic, whatever. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. It's just a weird thought that I've always had. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean that that I think that summarizes like all of that uh pretty pretty perfectly. And um but so even to like push back a little bit, going back to your saying like okay, whoever invented the wheel, like that's true inspiration, but it's like okay. Um a, like why does a wheel work? It's because it's a circle. Right. And um smir- cir- smirkles. Smirkles. Cir- <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh circles have smooth 
edges, right. which allows it to roll. And so if it was a square, actually a square can roll with enough force. Yeah. But it, it the the um, shape of a circle allows it to roll with the least uh, uh, resistance, right? Mm-hmm. And the least force. Okay. Well, what in nature rolls? Things that are spheres. Right. right. So things that are spheres. Like, this is kind of silly, but like, think about like a coconut. Coconut falls off tree. It right? rolls. It rolls. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, a coconut is really just a like a really wide wheel <laughs> or like a basketball is really yeah. just like a it's a wheel a misshapen wheel yeah or or a or a wheel is just a misshapen coconut or a basketball right and so someone you know and i don't <laughs> believe it or not i wasn't there for the oh you the were wheel, i thought you the were wheel being I thought created. you did invent the wheel but uh uh <clears throat> you know the the person that invented the wheel potentially they saw a coconut you know fall from a tree roll away and they were thinking ah you know that would be nice to have something that can um that can move right without with little friction and okay so i'm looking at that why does that roll it's because it's it's smooth um uh uh edges or or it's 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 singular edge right? right it doesn't have corners no allows it to um keep keep uh um like the the traction between the surface of the the um uh earth and the surface of the coconut right um it can keep contact with that um and so it you know, that allows it, like, I, I'm not, I, I don't know physics super well. And so I'm sure someone who is very uh, intelligent or even not that intelligent in, in physics could probably explain this a million times better. But um, the point is someone sees that, right? And, uh, and so is that true inspiration or did it already exist? And we just made it a little bit different. See, and then now my mind gets blown again because it's like, no. It, it's like we are have armadillos. Armadillos roll, or, like, and we roll. Yeah, if I mean, we, if we like we somersault. Yeah, right? exactly. Things roll, so it's not like the notion of like, oh my god, like we just made something roll. Like that could be the true inspiration. Like, see, uh, like humans are weird because we make things out of what we see. Like Isaac Newton realized gravity exists because an apple fell from a tree, and he's you know I don't know. I should I should have brought this up with more background knowledge, but like the basic idea of um, gravity, things fall to the ground, things fall to the center of the earth. That idea came because he saw it. So like Isaac Newton discovered gravity, and then like the person who either saw or had the idea of the wheel invented the wheel, and then from there other humans thought like, oh, we can keep monopolizing on this, like more cars, more this, more that. And so like with computers, it's kind of the same idea. Like they just. They just take bits and pieces of things and give it to us. Like it's, I don't know. I geek out so hard on human nature and like how we get to where we are because it's a lot of just copying. It's a lot of just whatever. Like my dad went to college and now he's running a business. So I'm going to go to college and do the same thing. And then maybe down the line, my kids see that and they're going to do the same thing. Or they're going to see some other sort of inspiration. Like one of their favorite YouTubers or something does something and it's going to be like, oh, He's going to go that route. And it's so, it's like, you, you got to be in, like, people inspire each other, but it's like, we're just, 
we're in this constant motion of like recycling through different things we've already done to make it unique. Like humans, it's very, I don't know. I, I'm, I want to learn more about human nature, but the, one of the last points I want to bring up before we run out of time, um, because it's in the same subject. So like we've talked about like intelligence, we've talked about computers, we talked about consciousness. What is your opinion on um, IQ versus intelligence, like someone's IQ versus their actual intelligence. Because to me, IQ is like a number. Like to me, IQ is like how much you know. And then intelligence to me is how can you apply it? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's at, at its simplest, it's like book smarts versus street smarts. Like somebody can know like ins and outs of like running a business textbook. But then when they actually go to do it, they have no idea what they're doing. Cause it's like, you know, it's like, a, a, like someone in college going to school for God knows what they're super smart on their subject. And then when they get thrown into it, they're like, they don't know what to do. Cause it's like, they need to rewire their brains to learn how to physically do it. So like IQ is the actual understanding of how to do it. And then the intelligence is learning um, how to do it and like physically do it. You know what I mean? What's your opinion on IQ versus intelligence? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's um, that's a good one. I, I uh, you know, so the, <laughs> this is <laughs> like now I'm going to talk about something which I, I guess I've done, you know, for a majority uh, uh, of the the podcast where it's like I, you know, I'm pulling from like what I know. Yeah. Um, and so you know, much more intelligent people than me would probably have a very clear cut answer for this. Um, the way that I think of, you know, IQ versus intelligence is, um, they're actually two, uh, they're, they're not in the same category. So IQ is, uh, that'd be saying like, what's the difference between, uh, to, to me, what's the difference between, um, feet or or I'll say inches (laughs) to not confuse people, uh, inches and distance. Oh yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. IQ um, is a metric that we created to try and measure uh, intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so it comes from what we decided uh, what it means to, to be intelligent. Right. And so um, if, if I remember correctly, IQ measures um, your, your uh, mental uh, like fluidity, I guess. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, okay. how, how quickly uh, can I... Yeah, which I'm not going to be able to give a good definition for this because it's like, uh, you know, beyond the scope of my uh, knowledge. But Same. It's, um, but it's like, as I as I understand it, uh, mental, you know, uh, or intellectual fluidity, right, um, is basically being able to. Um, so the <laughs> the way that I think <laughs> is like in analogies, and so my, yeah. my analogy for that would be um, a chef being able to like look at a bunch of ingredients and and then create a recipe, right? Like it takes it takes knowledge of food to be able to do that. Right. Um and if if one chef can look at 10 ingredients and create 10 recipes and another chef chef can look at 10 ingredients and create a thousand recipes, you know, you might argue that like that chef is it knows more about um about cooking, right? Anyways. Right. So like it's your uh, ability to process information and then um and, and then either like transfer meaning or create meaning from it. Right. Um, so it measures that. It measures uh, your uh, retention. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, and actually, I, you know, I've never taken an IQ test. So this is just from um, things I've read or whatever. But yeah. 
Uh, and then also, you know, <laughs> things I read like years ago and then trying to remember. But, um, you know, it could potentially be, you know, if I repeat like 10 numbers at you and then I tell you uh, or, or 20 and then I tell you to repeat them back to me in reverse order and like your ability to do that. Right. So it's like ability to hold information in your mind and then um, regurgitate it. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, so it, anyways, it, there's a bunch of different and th- those are like two of, you know, probably like, you know, five to like seven uh, probably main, uh, I think, kind of like topics that an IQ test really tries to measure. Um, but, you know, that that uh, just comes from what what you know, whoever invented the IQ test right. kind of decided like, okay, what does it mean to be, uh, to have intelligence? Um, and so, so, you know, my, I guess my, uh, unfun answer would be like IQ is the, is the inches or the measurement. And then intelligence is what you're, is what you're measuring. Intelligence is the, is the distance. Um, but you know, the difference between, uh, I would say like intelligence that we're able to, measure or or i guess yeah the difference between what i think intelligence is and then maybe like what iq is trying to measure is um you know to me are what it means for someone to be really smart yeah i think and so kind of tying this back into which i i didn't really get into this but as a teacher like what i'm trying to teach to my students um I want them to be my, my goal for them is um, to be able to think critically mm-hmm. and what it means to think critically is to uh, is, is is difficult to define but like basically to me to take a bunch of information that you have right um, and and like reach a a uh, conclusion but also able to like challenge that conclusion um, and to think of new ideas. Right. Um, and to, uh, so, so I guess, I guess like thinking critically is reading in between the lines. So, yeah. um, or, or reading uh, like beyond the, the words on the page. Right. Yeah. So say if thinking we read deeper a, than what you're being told. If we're like reading a book, um, being able to think beyond the face value of what the words are saying. Um, and so being able to, you know, reach those deeper, uh, uh, conclusions, um, being able to, to challenge thinking or, or, um, or even realize like the own, uh, uh, your own like nuance in, right. in your, in your own thinking. So I might think like, um, you know, Okay, the like if we if we look at critical thinking from a scientific perspective, it's like okay, um, uh, gravity exists. Okay, I'm I'm going to being able to like set up an experiment to prove that gravity exists. Right. You need to be able to think uh, critically uh, to to be able to do that. I would say. Right? Yeah. Unless you're just unless you're just you've read ten other people. Um, doing an experiment on gravity and then you kind of like Frankenstein your own from that, you know, um, I don't think that's necessarily critical, uh, critical thinking, but, um, anyways, so yeah, what I'm trying to teach my students, critical thinking 
um, being able to, which in, in a way this is still like, I, I guess in, in, in a lot of ways, really all of it is critically thinking, but, um, being able to use your resources, um, to their maximum potential and efficiently, um, and in, in order to problem solve really like, you know, I'll say, especially with coding, but I would argue in every job or every, every the, the purpose that, we contribute to society um is problem solving right it's like if something's not a problem um there's not going to be any value there uh and so you know so like entertainment the problem is boredom right yeah um but uh and so you know for for coders you know uh for whatever they're they're getting they have a goal for whatever they're getting paid for right so their company has a problem yeah that they need to solve and so their ability to solve that problem. And so, um, you know, so I, I, I'm very clear with them that like, I want my students to memorize as little as possible because, um, because that information, we have this symbiotic relationship with like our technology. Right. And so I, I know, you know, a lot of people I think would argue with this. It's like, okay, no, you should know, you should like actually know things and be able to pull it from your from right. your mind, but to me, um, I think that uh, being able to like look up code or yeah. Google code, as long as you can understand like what that code is accomplishing and then use it effectively, you know enough. Like you 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 know it right. You don't right. need to understand the ones and zeros behind it. Um, because it's all about solving that problem and it's all about efficiency. Mm-hmm. Not in, in, a world, in a world where we could pause time and we had all the time in the world and you had the desire to learn everything about everything. Yeah, you know, you would ideally know, know, uh, you know everything, right? right. Um, like just from your mind. But the, the reality is, is like as humans, our, our hard drive or our storage is limited. And so, you know, if, if, uh, let's say it takes me four years to like know Python inside and out. Okay. Well, if two years from now they, uh, build on Python and and invent a new coding language. Mm -hmm. Right. And then now my company uses that coding language, like everything that I just learned. I mean, even the fundamentals, sure. Maybe have some carryover, right? Like. I spent all that time learning the ins and outs of a language for now that technology to be, um, uh, Oh, what's the word? Uh, it, it's like when technology's, uh, Oh, obsolete. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's like, okay, don't, don't, uh, if you want to be as efficient as possible, um, don't learn the ins and outs of, of everything. Right. Because, at the pace that technology is moving, um, that's, that's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and so my big thing is like, okay, you know, this is a, don't like the things that we're learning are tools. Don't, don't get obsessed about the tool itself. Right. Yeah. Don't be like, Oh, <clears throat> I want to learn the history and everything and all the things I can do with a, with a drill, right? It's like, it, it, it's just not efficient. Right. Um, and so mainly you, you want to like look at, okay, why am I using this tool? As long as I can 
use that tool to then accomplish that thing, then that's like, that's what the goal is. Um, and so, so yeah, so to me, intelligence would, would boil down to your ability to problem solve. So your ability to you use tools, um, and the resources that you have. Right. So, so someone, you know, for example, right. Someone being able to, if, if I'm, if I'm a business, um, someone being able to give me the square uh, or, or, or divide two numbers using a calculator, yeah. they can do that in three seconds. And someone can do it on paper in 10 seconds. I don't care. I don't care um, that, that that person like, didn't use a calculator. Right. I care about the answer, and I care about how much time it took you to get there. And so if you can use a resource or tool at your disposal to get there faster, hmm. that saves me money. Yeah. That's what I care about. And that's the world that we live in, in that um, as technology improves, like we, we move into, you know, it's like, right, you, you are, you're leaving value on the table, if you don't use the tools at your disposal. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people, so I, I tell my, my, I tell my students, like, you know, Google stuff, uh, use ChatGPT, um, because, you know, uh, for the most, hopefully, for the most part, uh, in your workplace, you'll be able to use those things, right, right. And so, um, so, and cause that's a skill in and of itself, right? Like being able to prompt ChatGPT, being able to Google search and like find information quickly. Mm-hmm. That's a skill in and of itself. Yeah. So I'd rather, true. I'd rather you practice that okay. than just memorize a bunch of information that might become <laughs> right. obsolete. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, to summarize problem solving, critical thinking, um, and using your resources to, uh, reach the goal as efficiently and effectively as, as possible. Yeah. That would be, those those would be, uh, my big three things. And I think, you know, like if I, if I'm a company and I'm wanting to hire someone, which I I think about this a lot, just because the, I teach coding for, um, a, a program that, uh, that basically like uh, blue collar workers. So people, you know, working, um, either like in construction or maybe they, um, work, you know, at, at, at Starbucks or it's like, yeah, right, right. Uh, I shouldn't say blue collar. I'll say like people not working in the tech industry. Yeah. Cause I've I've had, I've had like nurses, I've had public school teachers, you know, I've, um, so people who are not in the tech industry, you know, my job is to basically teach them all this stuff as, as, uh, in a, in a very limited amount of time so that they can, um, learn just what they need to, to be able to get a job in, in tech. Yeah. So I'm helping them make that transition. So in my head, I have to think about all the time, like what, what are companies hiring for? Like what is actually value to them? Right. Um, and then that's why I try and teach from, but, mm. uh, uh, so if, if I'm hiring someone, what I'm looking for in them or what, what would make me say that someone's intelligent, um, or has the intelligence that I desire to like hire them would be those things would be being able to problem solve, being able to think critically right. um, and being able to use all the resources at your disposal at, as effectively and efficiently as possible to like reach our goal. So that's sick. Yeah. No, nah, dude, that was tight. I like that. I really like the notion of um, like IQ being you understanding the material and then intelligence being how you think deeper. I like that. And I also, I really, really like the metaphor of inches to distance. IQ is inches and then intelligence is distance. It's like, great. The IQ is like, great, it's 15 inches. Like, I'm glad you know that. I'm glad you can understand that. But 
how are you going to get there? You know, I love that. That's fucking awesome. This is dope. Dude, thanks for doing this. I, we're, we're definitely going to need a part two yeah. because I still have so many more questions and like so many more ideas. Um, just for time's sake, we're going to split into a, another part. Okay. Um, thanks for coming on this, dude. For this sure, This is man. so sick. This is such a, this is, this is what I wanted. Like, I'm just so hyped because like, this is like what I've wanted to do with podcasting for so long. Yeah. Just been, I've just never, I just been lazy. Yeah. It, it blows my mind. And that was, uh, you know, we're like coming up on four hours. Doesn't seem that long. <laughs> I you know, dude. I love um, it. I was like, holy shit, this is so sick. Yeah, you and I can really like talk. Uh, this is just how we talk, even outside of podcasting. Like, it's. I'm glad we got to do this. Like, yeah, this is sure. cool. There's a lot of useful information in here, and like, there's just so much to think about and to like really like dive into. And it was cool to just get a peek inside your mind. I loved it. This is so much fun. Where can people find you? Can they even find you on Instagram anymore? Uh, Which is another thing I want to talk to you about with social media, but we'll do that another time because you're coming back. Yeah, but for sure. Where can people find you? How can people find you? Uh, you can't. No. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I mean. <laughs> Don't try and find me. No. Um, <laughs> Did you like shoot an email? Uh, no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I love it. So I, I like I kind of talked to you, uh, you know, before this. Yeah. Um, I am kind of wanting to start, uh, my, uh, my own, you know, uh, podcast, it, yes. but it, it'll, it'll, it would definitely be, uh, very kind of like different in style. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it's more like I explained to you earlier, more like research gathering, right. Than, it's a genius uh, idea than, uh, necessarily like for, for entertainment. But, um, so when I have that set up, uh, I'll definitely, uh, share about that. But right now I'll just be a uh a guest that you can't find anywhere <laughs> i love it no i mean hey that's sweet i this is no this is a blast dude thanks for coming on here and doing this and as always thank you for listening this has been episode two um and we're gonna have a part two with casey because i have so many more questions i'm just so stoked like we went we hit everything i wanted to hit and i'm just like so stoked like this is a this is a deep conversation i loved it um, you can follow the show at, uh, God, no, I gotta remember Instagrams. Oh, you can follow the show at art.convo and you can also follow me on Instagram. I changed my Instagram from camerapo48 to Cam Roberts. It's C-A-M-R-O-B-R-T-S because someone took, um, Cam Roberts. So I had to get creative, <laughs> but you can find me there. Um, Spotify, Apple music, I'm Wavesy. And, uh, this has been Casey's and got any final remarks? uh thanks yeah thanks for having me on <laughs> it's course, always a, always a pleasure of uh, course and uh oh actually you know i just uh wrote a new book so you know be sure to buy oh it. yeah well, you find it you can buy it where uh finder books are sold yeah no i'm just kidding oh um, i got really excited for a minute no but yeah th uh thanks for having me on i'm excited for part two dude me too i'm stoked thanks for coming on dude